from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more. From just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com. The, the, the photograph that, that all stands and sticks out in my mind is the one of uh, which is in the exhibition as well is the large fire at Walkers and that in the, in the town seventy four where I arrived after hearing the news on the the late news that there was a large fire in Armagh and I uh, took grabbed the camera two and a quarter square camera one film. 112 exposure film and drove up to Market Street. When I got out at the top of Market Street where the Church of Ireland is, the heat hit me from, it was so intense. That's the voice of Vincent Lochran, a man many of you will recognise from events here, there and pretty much everywhere. Vincey has been a photographer in Armagh for well over 50 years. He's currently exhibiting a range of highlights from his many, many years covering the good, the bad and ugly in the city and beyond at the Enoch Maka Cultural Centre here in Armagh. It's free to attend and certainly well worth uh, checking out some amazing photos uh, on display. I caught up with the man himself to talk about some of these photos and some of the anecdotes that accompany the photos from over the years. And let's just say, Vincey didn't quite make it an easy editing process for me, but just like his photos, this is well worth checking out. The first wedding I done, it's more than that. It's the first wedding I done, black and white, would be 52 years ago, come September. Where was that? It was in the cathedral, and it was... Um, a girl called Kisan, I always remember it because her father worked in Fian Valley. He was the butter man, and it was the first time we ever seen an advertisement on TV that somebody we knew. Her father done a butter advertisement for Fian Valley, and uh, it happened to be his daughter. And I don't know, it wouldn't have been in your time, but in, in long, way at the start, they would have sent a photographer, the paper would have sent a photographer out. To do a wedding photograph, on like you know, and um, it was uh, what did you call him? Oh gosh, I can't remember. Sammy Lindsay, God rest him. He he had phoned, tell me that there was a couple up there said, and there's no photographer. So I went up to see if they wanted a few photographs, and that was my first wedding. And I remember, but I had been taking bits and pieces like for years before it. In fact. The first one, I don't really remember it, but I do have a photograph of myself that I took um, when we went to Dublin. So I would have been, I would have been 12, 14 at the time. Okay. And some, when we went to Cranfield for a day, I remember taking photographs of my father and mother sitting on the side of the bank. So that, that would have been about 15, 16, maybe even earlier. So it was an interest in it. And... But never had the money to go or to do anything really important with it. Money was a problem. But, but, but between buying cameras and film, we would have borrowed the camera any time we were going away. Because uh, Vincent McInerney was our cousin and he would have loaned us a camera. What sort of camera was that? Oh, it's just an old box brownie, probably, if I can remember right. Right. And do, do you still have that photo of your parents? 
Pardon? You still have that photo of your parents? Well, I have it in the, in the front hall. Yeah. Yeah, I have it in the front hall with two brothers sitting beside, two younger brothers sitting beside mum and dad. And and in terms of you know, going all the way back then, uh, what got you into photography? You know, probably wasn't probably wouldn't have been an awful lot of photographers about. It wouldn't have been very very little. No, it was just something I always loved. I always loved being able to see things far away. I loved watching airplanes in the sky. And uh, if my mother and father went went away for any time, I would always want them to bring back binoculars or a telescope because it's just an interest in being able to see everything. Yeah. So I don't don't know why that had anything to do with the photography, but it was was just something I just got into and, and enjoyed it. And when did it, was it always a, a job or did you, did you do work elsewhere, Vince? Oh, yeah, I was a welder for a time and I was worked in the Armagh Shoes for 13 years and done bits and pieces and was with the Yes schemes in different places, Armagh and Market Hill. Because it was, it was very handy getting into the Yes schemes because I could, um, I could uh, slip off and do photographs, you know, uh, nobody, nobody, any wiser. And what was the, you know, if you can, if you can recall, what was the first photo that you took that you know either maybe got, you know, wider recognition or you thought, wow, this is, and I'm sure probably that first photo, like you said, you've got it hanging up in your home house, was a wow photo, and and looking back, and it probably is. But what was the first photo that you thought? Was something was something special. The, the, the photograph that all stands and sticks out in my mind is the one of uh, which is in the exhibition as well is the large fire at Walkers and that in the, in the town seventy four where I arrived after hearing the news on the the late news that there was a large fire in Armagh and I uh, took grabbed the camera two and a quarter square camera one film. 112 exposure film and drove up to Market Street. When I got out at the top of Market Street where the Church of Ireland is, the heat hit me from, you know, it was so intense. And I come right. down. It doesn't know Market Street, that's a couple of hundred metres. It is, would be, yeah, the whole t- Market Street, yeah, it would be right where the heat was unreal. And it, um, so I tried to judge the light by daylight. And tried to work it out in my head, and 12, 12, took twelve photographs, and every one of them were absolutely perfect. So I stayed there for a good bit of the night until ATO came. They came to blow a firewall where the entrance between Emerson's and and the, I can't remember what the shop is now. And then I got hassled by a soldier. I got. In, Pissed off with, oh, <laughs> I got hassled by a soldier and that is, and drove it home. So the next morning, I got a phone call from Vincent McConnell, and he says, Be out last night. And I said, I was. He said, Did you get any photographs? I says, I don't know. The, ca- the film's still lying in the camera. So he drove down to my house, got the f- camera off the wife, developed the film. He says, BBC, ITV, and most of the English newspapers were in contact with him, looking for photographs. But by the time he had developed and got to them, they couldn't wait. So they hired an airplane and flew over Armagh and photographed Armagh. So I missed, I missed a fantastic opportunity. And I remember bringing it and putting it into amateur photographer, 
telling the story an amateur photographer at the time to make sure that people didn't make the same mistake, get your film, get your, get it in as quick as possible. That one that stands out more than anything, I think. What was, I mean, I'm just thinking now from a, from a new standpoint of view, that, I mean, you obviously grew up through some dark times in, uh, yeah. in, in Armagh, but to see a fire and, and looking at the photos, you know, I'm familiar with the photos, Vincey. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you just can't imagine anything like that. You know, certainly in, you know, locally, <laughs> like it's, it's once in a, once in a generation, but yes, but it's not, it wasn't once in a generation. You, you, you went through the seventies and eighties in Armagh and that was, oh, yeah. you know, as difficult a time. I remember some pieces even from the sixties campaign. Yeah. Uh, where they had sandbags around police stations and seeing the beast specials on patrol and all. So I do basically remember, I remember going down the town to see bullet holes in the, it was the, what was the, it wasn't the, the bank, no, it was Bank of Ireland, I think, I can't remember. The, the bank that was down at, um, where the old, old post office was. And, uh, you know, when the, everybody pointing out bullet holes in the, in the wall, so I do remember them bits and pieces. It didn't really register an awful lot. Well, maybe it did, of course. I still remember it. But uh, yeah, lived through the lived through the the, the the troubles, as they call it. And some I've missed. I avoided three three major bombs. So I did in my time. Avoided how do you elaborate? Well, the first one that I do remember was uh, at the. What did you call the bar? Castle, was it the Castle Bar? The top of um, Castle Street. Uh, um, I would have got most of my work from from the pubs or from the clubs out of it out, and people would have got me to do, that's where I would have got 90% of the work, you know, do first communions or do house photographs. So I was to go, I was to meet somebody at... I can't remember, let's say half seven, I can't remember what time. And I sat on the edge of the seat looking at something on television and the wife kept saying to me, these people will be waiting on you. I said, it's all right, they'll still be there. And before I got to it, that bomb went off. So, and then the, the aftermath of it. The next one was, I was going home. I had been about a minute, minute and a half from my own house. Um, where a bomb went off at a tire factory, tire place on the Lagal Road and blew a car across the road. Then the third one, the most important one, was at the electricity board offices now in Dublin Street where the housing executive is. Okay. Um, I would have been, I was born in Dublin Street and I lived in Dublin Street so I was married and I would have been in at my father's house and come up around the corner Going around the corner left, uh, heading towards where the health centre is now. So, and I probably was nosy. I'd probably been looking up towards Larry Lawler's. I'm nearly sure I did. I'm flying around the corner and there was a car sitting parked badly. I said to myself, that's tire wee mini. So I don't know why I done it. I put it in reverse and I looked into it and there was two cylinders and wires and I heard it, boom, you know, where the getting out of the road. Only got the only, I don't know what, few, maybe five, ten minutes, an opportunity. And, and 
when so, you got out of the road, I'm sure you did. You contact anyone? I did. Like I did. Yeah. <laughs> I contacted the road with tires. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and in terms of you, you mentioned that castle, the Castle Street bomb. Yeah, that, that was that was a bad one. That was the one that they had the other bomb down at the the bottom of the hill, making making sure that everybody would have run down the hill down towards it down towards a. What do you call it? What do you call That's the public water? Yeah, and they, they'd have been really massacred because everybody had been there. They'd have run down that road. That's where everybody would have gathered. What do you remember about the aftermath of that? I remember that uh, the trainer, God rest him, was one of the ones that that uh, took the handbrake off and steered that down around the corner. I couldn't get it any further than where Larry Lawler's is now, Dublin State, and I left it there, and that's where it went off. Yeah. So it was meant to kill. It was meant to kill. Into the car and w- yeah, I, I, young Emmett Trainer got dressed on. Um, is it Emmett? Yeah, Emmett Trainer. And he he steered it down. They pushed it down the hill because they knew what it was, and they couldn't get it into Dublin State. I think the steering lap or something. I can't remember. There was something about they they didn't really want to leave it there. They wanted to bring it down into Dublin State. Wow. So, and it went off there and wrecked a lot of a lot of premises. Wow, you know that that in itself is yeah. It's a, but we just took it in our stride. You know, even if you're you, you're going anywhere, you're going anywhere. You you left at least at least a half an hour extra because you knew it was going to be a road check. I remember I remember taking. When I worked with Narmal Shoes, I remember taking an Englishman. He was the, our boss, and I would have been doing the messages, and I would have done, I would have done uh, the driving. I would have went and picked him up at the airport. I left him at the airport, and he, he English, very strong English accent. And I took my car, and we stopped coming off the coming off the motorway or somewhere. We stopped anyway, and the soldiers started grilling me. And um, I remember him, we never finally let go. I couldn't understand this. Why were they doing this to me? I says, well, the point is, I explained to them why. I says, it never happens to me. I says, I know, but you've, as soon as you open the window, you have an English accent. They don't bother with you. That's why they don't bother with you. But I says, we get hassled. Oh, many a time we got hassled. I don't know why. It was... It was just silly, you know. I can remember one boy really asking the most stupidest questions, trying to trying to get a rise out of me, and the rest of the policemen stand beside him laughing at me. You know, they said himself, "What the hell?" You know, you know, they, they didn't realise that they, they, you know, when this when it was all over, they were all walking about the street like I, I knew them all like a. Well, what they've done it for, I don't know. Times have changed, though. Times have changed dramatically, and thank God for it. I started, uh, the time the, the, the Queen come and give us city status back, I I had asked the paper, the newspaper, is that, to, you know, can I go and photograph for them? So it was myself and young Villiers, I don't know if he was there in your time, it's probably not. And um, so I got got there and I started to take photographs from then on for the council. 
So what I done was I followed the mayor for a year and then produced an album for them at the end of their year. This went on for 19 years. But it was, it, it was good crime. The, the, the amount of people that I met over that period of time, people that I never would have met, yeah. I got photographed with. I used to have a, I used to call it my ego wall. I used to have it full of photographs of people that, you know, that I'd met over the years. Any, who, who sticks out? Uh, Terry Waite, John McCarthy, um, most of the politicians, Mo Molan, um, photographed President Clinton when he came, photographed uh, John Major and two, two Prime Ministers, the Queen, Prince Philip, Charles twice, Diana. So, you know, I photographed loads, loads, loads of people. Where'd you get Diana? Uh, which come out of a helicopter up at Ardmore to the she landed by helicopter. It was a special needs school that she went to. I don't know why she went to open it officially. You know, it was up at the top of Ardmore where the new graveyard is. Okay. And that's so that her. I'm sure that was an occasion at the time. Was but uh, unfortunately I didn't know about it, and I was babysitting. I had the child with me, so I couldn't. I couldn't go into the building or do anything. I said I just done what what I could from outside. Yeah. So, was I didn't know about it. Yeah, and I've done lots of things and been in lots of places. Um, as you know, I had an exhibition of photographs of of mostly country artists there some years ago in the theatre, and I enjoyed enjoyed country music and I enjoy photographing them. And no one would have known most of them pretty well, first name terms. There's a lot of them have already died. So, you know, I have their photographs and them signed, signed photographs. So that's something to, to treasure. No, Vince, in terms of any of those, you know, you mentioned hijackings. Obviously, you've done plenty of sport. And I'm sure there's been some yes. big sporting occasions. Uh, the All-Ireland 77 was the first one. Oh, you went out in Dublin for that? Down in Dublin for that, for the three matches. Uh, Jerry O'Neill, which was the manager at the time, got me a pass for that. And then on the second, that was, you remember, there was a replay. Yes. And I always remember them talking about it afterwards. Uh, I think, I think the, was it was Ross Common, wasn't it? I'm really sure. I think it was Ross Common that played and got the draw. And a point, a point would have um, put them, would have drawn, a point would have drawn them. And Jerry O'Neill, the manager at the time, ran across the field behind the was going to take the, the free and uh, said to him, you're going to miss this and run on. And your boy sort of started and looked around and uh, he missed it. And that's why we got in to play Dublin. So when we were going to play Dublin then, I was on the bus with all the players. Okay. I photographed them and photographed them in the dressing room and bits and pieces. A lot of those negatives were destroyed, but um, I have some of them. How were they destroyed? And, and secondly, how? Uh, well, over the years, I didn't take enough. Didn't didn't. Uh, I th- if I'd put the negatives into files and put them away, most of them were sort of rolled up and put in different places. And then with the extreme heat and the roof space and extreme cold, it sort of. Destroyed them, and then I probably lost some yeah. different views. 
Yeah. But I have I have a few photographs of him uh, from that from that period, and then there I wasn't I wasn't ever back in Crow Park till two thousand and two. Right. Um, the contrast and the difference was pure and simply unreal, and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe I was on the pitch actually, but I couldn't believe the noise of of the whole thing. Why was it? Why was it so different? The result? Are you talking about the result on its own, or something else completely? No, the, the noise of the people uh, contrasting from '77 the way it was to 2002 when we got the All Ireland, and um, the difference in the atmosphere and the and the, the the noise from the people cheering was pure and simply unreal. I never heard anything like it. So that was, I'd say, there were some of the better sporting moments and rally rallies here in in Armagh as you know there's a few of the rallies staged states here in Armagh yeah just an awful interest in, in photography and taking photographs and uh, same hobbyist would that be a fair it was, it was more a hobby yeah it's more a hobby than anything and I never made any money out of it because I never, I think it did make out of it, I put it back into equipment and I never really saved it. So that's something, that's something I look back on and say, that was silly, you know, I should have. Yeah. I see people making a ball of money out of it now and, and what they're charging, could never charge properly either. That was a major problem. Yeah. If it, if it you know, um, as a friend of mine says, start high. And then you can come down. He says, for God's sake, don't be starting low and you can't go up. Yeah. So, but no matter, I, I enjoyed it. I had a great life and I met a lot of very, very interesting people. Yes. Seriously, interesting people. Plenty, plenty more to come, though. Well, um, hopefully, but it sort of gets to the point where you say, you know, it's maybe time to quit. I don't know. I've no idea what's going to happen. Um, they say you should keep going; that it um, keeps the mind active and keeps. Active. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, you were going down the street. Like it's, it's always it's always difficult just to, to leave the camera behind. I'm sure. Like, you kick yourself. First time you do it, you'll kick yourself. There'll be some sort of. Oh, I've, I've, I've missed many a thing over the day to time. Um, you've got. What the photographs? You know, if a wee camera sits in the car, yeah, I would take. You know, if it was really caught, not fantastic quality, but it would be in the car all the time. Yeah, and the things that you would have, like I would have carried the camera all the time years and years ago. I remember heading home and been stopped at the where it was the city hall. Remember the remember the shooting of the two young fellows in in the Taxi. in the. The taxi place. Yeah. So I tried to get photographs of that and got something, but not great. And then couldn't get into the chairman. They wouldn't even let me up into the chairman because I wanted to go up to the chairman and photograph from the window. And I had the sense to go around the back and go up the back road. And then all oh, the shopping was in the car and the wife wasn't happy about me going trying to take photographs. Well, if you had any sense, you would have been back with the shopping. Like. Yes. You forget the photos. Like you yeah, it should the, the photo. head of the shop and the photographs are more important. <laughs> yeah, well, God lovers just supported me over the years, 52 years, and by putting up with me and and uh, financially at times. I remember having to 
been late in the lift there one, one night I was doing a job in the chairman and I run out of the chair and the car was sitting across the road. I didn't see any other car coming up. And I run and jumped into the car, drove straight down into St. Luke's and uh, she was standing waiting on me at the thing and I pulled the handbrake and done a handbrake turn right round again. And as I turned right round, I'm facing the police car. <laughs> they followed me down and I says, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and Right up the town, nice and nice and calm, nice as they're still they're sitting behind me, they won't move. So round the mall, round the mall, uh, the blues come on, had a pull in. He says, uh, yeah, kind of hurry. I said, well, he says, you're coming out of the tournament. I says, yes. I says, I was doing a job. I said, I was late for the wife. You can see the hurry I was in, trying to come down the lift there. But he accepted it and he let me away. He said, you know, tell me how to behave myself. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, what, what's your wife's name again, Vincent? Francis. Francis. She's been she's been your rock for 50 odd years. 54, 55, 56. You better get that right. Yeah, well, I was gone about four years. My married 52. I've seen her across the dance floor. I was going with, I just finished with a girl that, that used to knock about with her. And you, you, had, you were seeing a girl that used to knock about with her? Well, we just finished with her. Right. And she knocked about with, with her and her sisters and the dance floor and said, Luke's, Jesus, I love that girl. I'm going to take her out. Took her home and the rest is history. What age were you then? <sighs> you were in, I'm going to say 19. 25, 24, 26, 22. 21, 22. Right. My fifty. Uh, my when I was twenty three. My twenty three and take four off that. Nineteen. Nineteen. Only nineteen. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing my math on the top of my head here, Vince. Nineteen. Yes. Yes. Fuck me. So if you're married fifty six years, you're. I'm going with. I'm going with with her for sixty. You can't be. You can't. You can't be with her for sixty. I'm not with her 60, 54, 56. I know her 56 years. You've known her 56 years? Yeah, I've only married 52 this this July. Coming up to 52. I'll get it out of you yet, Yeah. That makes sense. But no, all, all jokes aside, that's for all you go on, That's what I'm saying. The secret of the happy marriages, I'm never, I was never at home. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>